Hey guys, thanks for listening. My name's Sean Lockery, and I'm here today with my new co-host, Brian Arvise. And uh, so we are co-hosts today at Robust Discuss. It's a podcast where we aim to talk about various topics concerning our morality, our government, and our lives. Our topics are going to range from U.S. politics, philosophical questions, and we'll even throw in some debates about current events. Today we're going to be talking about renewable energy versus oil. And the pros and cons, cost, and what's best for our future moving on in our society. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be a very long conversation today, my man. But I, I think we can bring up some really good points and go, go to some different things. To kick us off, I'll just simply state that I do believe that our end goal should be more usage of renewable energies versus oil and gas obviously that kicks up a whole conversation of jobs and how we get there and you know that's kind of what we're gonna unfold today for you guys yeah um this is not something you're gonna disagree on too much today however there is definitely a lot to discuss in terms of what we think is best how we're going to move forward with renewable energy how we can start transitioning from oil to wind solar hydro and nuclear possibly yeah it's going to be very interesting uh sean if you'd like to start off with your points yeah so i got a few points i'll go into the first one i'm going to go into is just simply the trend of declining cost and what i mean by that is i just want to touch on the span of from 2010 to 2019 of the cost of solar and wind energies to show that you know over time with our technology this capability has improved essentially right um the what i'm using here is is irena it's the international renewable energy agency it uh, they have a like a lot of statistics and breakdowns of, of different costs with the united states in terms of the dollars per kilowatt it went from so what like per dollar it, per like a dollar per kilowatt it was about 0.24 so 24 cents a kilowatt essentially and this is back in mid 2010 forward to 2019 the dollar cost was six cents per kilowatt so as you can see it's yeah there's an idea of like all oh, the cost of this you know of how of being able to transition and do this and the, the cost of actually using these energies has has decreased quite exponentially over the years um, and th that's just in the united states there's more drastic ones like specifically ukraine it costed upwards of 45 cents in 2010 and decreased to eight cents i mean as as technology evolves humans evolve yeah and our priorities evolve we're gonna find ways to be able to make natural renewable energy much 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 more efficient much safer too yeah uh, i was reading an article about uh, how energy natural energy causes less death per year than you know oil coal does uh, as people are working on it because you know rigs out in the ocean sometimes oil rigs out in the ocean sometimes catch fire yeah, no, yeah that's a you know that's an extremely dangerous extremely volatile situation that you probably won't yeah. You know, you want an uh, experience with hydro, wind, solar, even nuclear. So to go into that, too, is like nuclear is actually a lot less, you know, a lot less dangerous than, I mean, at least I thought before I looked into this, to be on, to be completely honest. Yeah. And the possibilities of, like, explosions are extremely, extremely low. The fuel is not actually, like, enriched enough for it to explode like a nuclear bomb. Like, that, that kind of thing doesn't actually happen. Right. I mean, in the last five decades, there's only been 
three major nuclear explosions yeah. that we're aware of. Uh, Fukushima, the Three Mile, and also... Um, oh, man, it's the most... Chernobyl. Yeah, thank you. It's the most, yeah, uh, the most <laughs> famous one. Um, but <laughs> escaping me. No, of course, of course. And that's, and that's what I think is interesting is like that's... Um, I, I think a lot of people think you know nuclear energy is just a lot dangerous and well obviously like i'm not trying to say you know oh this is a perfectly safe thing like there's obviously going to be risks right. involved in any 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 possibility of drop especially oil and gas that's going to come with nuclear that's going to come with wind solar there's going to be risk it's lower than i initially thought i just wanted to say that i think it's interesting that they've actually brought that down so low and the the ability to keep radiation from happening to employees and stuff is actually completely removed they don't have any radiation radiation exposure at all so it's 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 pretty good right um like you said there's risks to everything even solar wind turbines hydro pumps in the ocean yeah. all that can affect your local ecosystem because you're placing large machinery that's going to be using up uh the natural resource or more so not using up but taking advantage of the resources available that could also displace wildlife in the, in the vicinity of that machinery which is a risk or rather a negative outcome of using such technology however such things can be worked around and at the end you know using such tools is going to be more effective in creating a lot less pollution than oil and coal being more effective efficient and ultimately less costly even the the transition to these tools of energy it can be costly to, but. to touch on that real quick the costly to actually give throw some numbers in there there was a study done again by the international renewable energy agency talking about renewable energy prospects uh concerning with the united states of america now this was actually done in now this was done in 2015 so these numbers may have changed but the premise will will, will still be shown here the initial required investment to scale up renewables to 27% to achieve a like a better overall projection by 2030 the required initial investment would be they estimated at about 86 billion dollars per year however it would then potentially save the united states as much as 140 billion dollars annually by 2030 when you factor in the benefits of the improved health and lower co2 uh, co2 emissions right the the idea is that yes this is going to be an investment but this is an investment for the future of like our world and for a cheaper sustainability over time right which as i you know had, had mentioned a little bit earlier it, it is actually declining quite rapidly of the the costs of wind and solar energies and the ability to to keep those going right Another topic that I want to bring up is a um, is actually the conversation about the, like jobs. There's a study done to talk about essentially climate rich areas within the United States that would be prime places for renewable energy based on the exposure with the sun and the wind and the, the kind of wind currents and things that they have that with their local environments, they would be prime places for renewable energy specifically throughout those areas. A lot of them are currently rather dependent on fossil fuel uh, or like oil and gas 
companies. So the idea is that there is a plentiful amount of area in that same section for replacement of those same people to transition in those jobs. Right. Jobs that end up paying you more. And I'll get I'll get into that in a sec. But it goes into with different areas, you know, in Texas, Floyd County in Texas is a county that has one of the highest wind potential. Uh, Clear Creek County in Colorado, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, I'm not naming all the counties just for, you know, speed purposes, but the idea here is that these areas are already rather dependent on like oil and gas revenue and they would be primed to transition into that. So it would be a prime way for the majority of them to maintain their jobs. Obviously, there's going to be an issue and that's what I'm going to get into and talk about pay and the idea of transitioning. There's a study done in the clean energy industry. So this isn't really as much as a comparison, it's more of a explanation. It showed that it was 25% higher than the national median wage and they have specific sectors that pay even more than that. So not only that, they are at a higher percentage to be unionized and have better benefits and coalition in terms of what you receive. Not only that, the job area has been on a growth of up to 6% from 2017 in comparison with natural gas and coal, which has been on a decline since 2017. So the idea is that there are jobs expanding. There are potential abilities for transfers in terms of you know, tradespeople such as electricians, HVAC technicians, mechanics, welders. They would be able to fetch higher waging and better paying jobs in the energy industry than they would in the oil and gas. And that's not things I'm just making up. There are studies and things done of how much they pay and what they do and the demographics and everything of how it goes. There are some jobs that simply require as low as a high school diploma and then media, uh, moderate term on the job training. And then there are even a little bit other ones that you would get a simple post-secondary non-degree award, getting some kind of certifications and then being able to start. And that, that's specifically comparing to like wind turbine technicians. And then from there, you would have just simple on the job training, just like you've had before in jobs and things like that, where they teach you how to work with their specific panels and how they do things and everything. But it's not a, like that transition is impossible is what I'm trying to say. Is these jobs are there and they're in prime places, you know, where it's happening. Well, sounds like I'm quitting my job and moving to Texas. Um... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> obviously there's a lot of benefits. The job market's going to expand higher wages it's better for our environment although in the short run it may not appear it but as you explained earlier yeah. it's going to end up paying us back in our economy although i can agree or with the concern of the immediate cost which i think if i have it right here the cost of transitioning to 100 percent renewable energy in the next decade would be about 4.5 trillion and even if we push it to two decades it's still going to be nearly six trillion so that's a big scary number right no yeah of course but it's gonna pay us back and we're uh, trillions in debt anyways although i don't like being in debt and <laughs> nobody does and i don't like my government being in debt or my country being in debt some investments are worth making in my opinion like for the future yeah i see what you're saying yeah absolutely Plus, there's other ways that we can cut cost, but that's a conversation oh, for later in government spending and whatnot. That can help ease that transition into uh, renewable energy. There's definitely a lot to think about in terms of that transition. <laughs> Something that I, I want to bring up, I just find interesting and, and goes into another cost in terms of you know, capabilities of electric usage. Because we talk about, you know, transitioning to more green energy, you know, in terms of big coil plants and things like that. Coil. 
big coal plants and things like that, transitioning those from that perspective, from like a industry perspective. Caterpillar actually came out with a D6XE. It was back in 2018. It was the first dozer. That's very impressive for caterpillars. Yeah, right. I mean, they're small, small animals, but <laughs> but yeah, no, they. Uh, so the company they came out with the first dozer that was equipped with an electric drive powertrain, and it actually ended up boosting fuel efficiency by 35% and improved productivity by up to 50% with the Cat Connect technology and overall reduced maintenance costs by up to 12, 12%. The long term showed that it was about $10,000 less to do the electric engine than it would be to do like a, a traditional power shaft transmission. Something I just thought was interesting because you know a lot of people think oh you know some electric cars you know I don't want to be in some electric car I like my big engine like there's the there's the ideas and that things like that. I just think it's interesting that a huge bulldozer is able to do its job effectively on electric engine. To me, that that helps show the capability of electric engines, and if that could be commercialized into cars, like who knows what they could achieve in terms of horsepower or whatever. It already is. Funny enough, I was reading an article earlier about that today about how the cost of uh, charging electric cars actually varies by the day. Which makes sense in retrospect. Yeah. I suppose the only issue people would probably find with that is just the availability of being able to find electric ports. Which actually, it's not too unavailable. It's not a home name thing yet. It's not something that people know where to get some. I only know about a couple places in town where I could get an electric car charged up if I had one. But, again, as technology evolves, we're going to create and make those things more accessible. Once they become more accessible, they become more popular, and people, obviously, are going to see, well, hey, having an electric car, it's cheaper than having one fuel. On that note, what I want to highlight, and I think is kind of interesting to say, is that our current Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, is actually rather fond of the usage of electric cars. He's quoted saying that we've got to make sure that electric car, electric vehicles are not just a luxury item. Especially because the fuel savings from not having to pay fill, to fill it up with gas will be especially meaningful to lower and middle income American car owners. He talks about producing them at scale, driving those costs down, and talking about the investments that the country can make to set up those charging stations and you know make it more available. And I think that if the government helps take that step, our fellow Americans and people will be able to gain the benefit of the savings easier because they they will be able to be incentivized and like used and there, there will be access made it's a new technology there's not a lot of access to it that's a common with a lot of new technology adaptation so it's i think it, it's important that 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 the government helps you know facilitate that technological transition and that allows for you know, more access to those right by the way pete Boudichet. Uh, if you're listening, or if somebody who knows Pete Boudichet is listening, let him know that we're fans of his, and we'd love to get him on the podcast. I know there's many of you guys listening out there. Uh, don't worry, we're 100% going to mention Pete Boudichet at least once per episode. I actually want to chime in how you were mentioning middle and lower classes. As technology advances and we become cleaner as a society in terms of our environment, that's going to help uplift our middle and lower classes in America. If you look at any country that's developed, you'll see that their lower class compared to any underdeveloped country as well. It's a world of difference, you know. It's the difference between being poor in America is where you still have somewhere to live most times. Although, yes, homelessness is a thing. It's just not as apparent as it is in other countries. Being poor in America, you know, you can have a house, a car, phone, insurance sometimes. But, you know, you have a job, whereas being poor in a more underdeveloped country, 
you don't have access to those things. Yeah, it definitely is a different side of the coin. I wouldn't say that it's fair to say, oh, just because it's a little bit better, that's acceptable. We definitely should do what we can to uplift those communities. Well, actually, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Environment gets better. We have more jobs accessible. We have more technology accessible that helps improve people's lives. I think that's the that's the conversation, is it's going to that green energy to, to make that better world for our future and, and do what we need to do. But other than that, man, I uh, I think we covered a lot today. I think it went really well. Any other specific things you wanted to add before we wrap it up today? No, I think we're good. Is it fair to say in the next podcast or two, we'll definitely have social media available for you guys to follow us on? We're looking to get that getting up and going, so we'll let you guys know by next episode You know where you can kind of get into debates with us, You know, send us topics, things like that, and kind of talk back and forth with us as we roll out our coming episodes over the next few weeks and future years. Other than that, guys, thanks you all for listening today to Robust Discuss. Once again, I'm your co-host, Sean Mockery, and my good friend here today, Brian Arvise. And we hope to see you guys again next week. Thanks, and see you around. Bye.